Welcome to our podcast series on IT modernization and security in government, brought to you today by VMware, Intel, and Kerasoft. I'm your host, Wyatt Cash, and in today's episode, we take a look at some practical advantages of modernizing and securing IT environments in government through automation. In many ways, government has long been in the forefront of automating processes through technology, Yet, in this rapidly evolving age of software-defined networks, hybrid IT environments, and agile development, automation is taking on new importance. Joining us today to talk about automation is Chris Martin, Technology Solution Architect at Intel. Chris, welcome to the program. Thank you. Nice to be here. So, Chris, one would think automation is almost as old as computing itself. How would you describe what automation really represents in today's modern IT enterprise? And Maybe you could also elaborate on what's the difference between orchestration and automation? Sure. So what I would start with is with automation, it's really a process that companies are looking into to really define more of an agile process stream within their overall uh, deployment of applications and services to customers and within their own business. So when we look at automation with customers, it's typically to reduce a process, reduce the time to implement a process flow or a type of function within the company, right? And, and that is just a subset of features that would occur amongst an overall workflow of processes. So in regards to where does automation fit into, let's say, an IT modernization, it's, it's really to help streamline a process flow. In regards to your question of where does automation fit in versus, let's say, orchestration, what I would say there is keep in mind that automation is usually a single process or a single task. Let's say, for example, I want to spin up a virtual machine or I want to install a web server. Maybe I want to configure the web server or shut down the web server. This would be a specific task. So this is where automation would be involved with, instead of somebody manually doing that, they use a, a software or a script to do that process. So if that's the case with automation, what is orchestration? Orchestration is going to be the execution of workload of a given process. That given process would include multiple automation tasks within that process. So automation is, is usually drilled down to a specific task. Orchestration is the entire process of multiple tasks combined together. When we look at applications, for example, usually an application, unless it's monolithic, is typically not going to be one server or one process, right? I mean, I can't think of an application as just one process. When you look at a website, typically, you know, commercial websites, retail websites have many images, there's many features on a website, shopping carts, um, updates to inventory, uh, what type of inventory, where it's available, the price. Those typically are different codes, different applications running on that overall website, right? You've got the website itself, you've got the application servers running behind that web, that web presence to do some of the features. You also have the database servers that are running behind that front-end presence online. Orchestration would be the process of automating different tasks within the web server front-end, the application server, the database server, if I want to do updates, changes, and so on. Well, Chris, given all that CIOs are juggling to modernize and secure their systems, and how would you say automation fits into their strategy, and what's the business case for making automation more of a priority? 
I would say in regards to security, you know, really security is going to be a subset of automation. How do I secure my systems? How do I define security more rapidly within my business? Rather than being reactionary and solving problems as they occur, I can use automation with security to be more preventive. So in regards to security as, as preventing of the loss of data, and automation can help that by being, instead of reactionary, be more preventive, right? In regards to how CIOs are looking at how automation helps their overall business, I think what you're looking there is that part of that is going to be a time cost savings as well as how do I quickly deploy the overall solution or work process as I defined in orchestration to market? How do I get out to the market faster? How do I service my customers faster? Um, part of that is how do I automate, right? And that's what computers are really good at is doing repeated tasks faster. So one thing I look at and where companies are really starting to focus on, especially at the CIO level and CTO level, is how does automation save me money? Where are the reduction in costs if I implement automation? The first thing I would say there is if you're looking at automating a few tasks or doing some light automation, I don't know if investing hundreds of dollars into an automation tool is going to be a benefit. So it's really looking at the overall process flow of what you want to do, deploying a featured application or a commercial front-end presence online would be a good example where you may want to automate multiple tasks, given that the cost savings are, are in the human factor. With automation, we can avoid multiple types of labor costs. There's the human element as far as misconfiguration, maybe miscommunication, doing manual tasks with an application or code, for example. Automation can prevent some of those elements in regards to costs. You also have the human element of salary, you know, how much does a worker cost versus how much would it take to automate that process versus them doing it, right? So typically, when we look at labor costs, it's going to be what the salaries of an employee minus what the cost is of automation for that task equals the total cost of savings, right, or what the total cost of automation would be. You also need to take in consideration with the human element, you have vacations, you have illness, you have breaks. You have these different things that take into factor in regards to how quickly an automation can be done versus a manual process. And so I think the big benefit there with automation is faster processes time, faster delivery of services and updates of uh, applications or uh, tasks versus a manual process. Chris, given the complexity and interdependency of government IT systems, where are some of the best opportunities to automate? And how would you contrast the opportunities between agencies that are wrestling with older legacy systems compared to agencies with more modernized capabilities? Sure. So the first one I'll address is best opportunities in general. Obviously, this is going to be more of a greenfield approach. I'm developing a new application. I'm implementing code that's up to date, Python Go, Golang, for example. I'm working with technology that's current or at least technology within the last, I'd say, five years. There's also cloud computing to be considered in regards to automation. There's many features and availabilities in the cloud today. Tier 1 providers and also Tier 2 providers that provide automation tools for you that you can use um, at your disposal for your code, for your systems to be automated, right? And there's uh, lots of support, lots of documentation there. So I'd say greenfield-type opportunities in general are a, a good use case for automation. Now, I'll address the question in regards to agencies with legacy systems. Really, there's two approaches to implementing automation with legacy-based systems. The first one is going to be shutting down the old system and replacing it with a new system. This typically is going to be a more painful process to do. Time to do that process is going to be longer. 
sometimes it's better to retire an old system than it is to try to retrofit, I would say, automation into a legacy system because what may happen when you're trying to automate into an existing legacy system is you tend to have more of a Band-Aid approach. There's the risk of potential security breaches. There's the risk of data loss because you're trying to take an existing architecture, existing code base, and introduce automation into that, right? And there could be some compatibility concerns. There's also the concern that the original product just simply is not solving the business problems that the business has. And trying to automate that, rather than trying to retrofit and fix the compatibility, you're really not fixing the heart of the problem, which is the legacy system itself is not working efficiently to solve the business needs that that business has for today. The other process, of course, is how do I automate into an existing legacy infrastructure? To do that, typically, it's going to be less painful, you know, bringing a new system up and shutting down an old one to replace it. You're, you're looking at automating it into an existing architecture. You're not disrupting major business productivity when you're looking at introducing automation into a legacy system. You're also implying lower risk because I'm not necessarily shutting things down. I don't have to worry about necessarily what dependencies are running on that existing code base or system because it's going to be up and running still. But as I mentioned earlier, one thing that is to consider is you find that your IT department is finding out that they're doing more band-aids. They're running into compatibility issues. They're having to spend more time patching or workarounds or, as we say, code your way out of the problem to get the legacy architecture to fit in with your automation tool sets. Usually when you want to introduce automation into a legacy system, there's several steps to take because you need to understand what the dependencies are. The first one typically is doing a technology analysis. What I mean by that is you want to understand what code you're working with today. Typically legacy systems have bulk code. There's a lot of code that's involved with a legacy system. It's proprietary. You want to understand what the compatibility is. You want to understand if the frameworks are compatible with your automation tool sets. And if you're introducing new code into uh, your business process, where is there a compatibility there with legacy? Or are you going to leave legacy kind of on its own? There also is the architecture auditing that needs to be done. What systems are going to support the legacy software? Typically, legacy is going to be monolithic. In other words, you have lots of code in one type of application, and you need to provide systems support for that application, whether it be a VM or bare metal, right? How is automation going to affect that legacy or monolithic application? And are my systems in place to do that? The other thing I mentioned earlier is code review. One thing to understand with legacy systems is how is the code written? What are the dependencies? Who's supporting it? Is there support from the vendor that the code is from still available? Is there documentation available? If you're finding that the code is so old, it might be better just to consider replacing it rather than trying to band-aid your tool sets or patches to make things work. And then last but not least, we want to look at performance. Is the legacy code that you're running going to perform well in an automated task? If I'm automating a legacy code set and I have different frameworks that are filling the gaps, if you will, in that legacy code, what's that performance going to look like? Do I have to add a bunch of extra code or applications into my automation tool to make a legacy software work? What we tend to run into a lot is what we call technical debt, doing a lot of work to make a legacy system run, and I don't have the time to fix the original problem. The more that you do that, the more dependencies there are to make the legacy application run, and therefore the more time it's going to take to break it down and redo it from scratch. And that's what we call technical debt. 
Chris, how would you suggest IT leaders and their internal customers think about the benefits of automating things like back-end services, such as identity and access controls or data analytics processes? So really the benefit to automate those types of processes comes down to the human element of that, right? Especially when we talk about big data and other types of identity access management systems, what you're addressing there is security. With automation, you're reducing the risk of errors. You're able to provide faster updates, faster patches, faster code deployments. In regards to big data automation, really what you're providing there is more resource availability for your big data collection. If I'm able to automate changes for a database or a system architecture to support big data, I'm not having to delay that process because I'm not relying on the human factor of that. So automation provides faster availability of resources. It provides a more fluent process for making systems readily available for collection of big data and identity access management, and also provides a more proactive approach for addressing um, identity access type concerns as well as security concerns versus, I'd say, reactionary approach. Um, lastly, when it comes to automating IT systems, what additional advice would you have for agencies? That's a good question. One thing I would say is rather than focusing on the automation task, look at your orchestration because your orchestration is going to be the process of multiple automation. So how you're going to determine if automation is a benefit to you is understanding what your overall orchestration process is going to be. An example of that is I wanted to deploy a web-based application into the cloud, and I want to be able to microservice that application, or I want to be able to have a, a web-based front end for my business that my customers can come to. What is that going to look like? How is that going to fit into the business model? And how am I going to divide up the components that make up that overall application? And again, when I talk about application, it could be a series of different types of applications making up the overall solution, web, database, um, application type services, right, coding. So when you have that defined and you have that mapped out of how you want to deploy that type of architecture, now you start looking at the orchestration of those tasks. Automation falls underneath that. So that's where automation is going to play. Now how do I use automation to deploy specific types of systems, code, uh, or services for my overall solution or my overall application, I would say? And that's where you're really going to see the benefits of, of automation and orchestration. You're also going to be able to determine if automation is going to be a benefit. If I have a series of tasks I want to automate to provide orchestration for a workflow process within my teams, automation and orchestration is going to affect how one team works with another team. So part of it's going to be a people process. Part of it's going to be what kind of orchestration process you want. And then, of course, automation falls into those, those categories. Well, I'm afraid that's all we have time for today. Chris Martin with Intel, thanks for joining us today to talk about ways to look at automation as a way to help modernize and secure IT at government agencies. And we'd like to thank the folks at VMware, Intel, and Kerasoft for underwriting today's episode. Look for more of our coverage on IT modernization and security in government on fedscoop.com. This is Wyatt Cash. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>